Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. What's good, everybody? Welcome back. We appreciate you and only you joining us for the InsideCarolina.com podcast, an episode of Coast to Coast. And I got to admit to you folks, uh, we're lying just a little bit this week because everybody's on one coast again. Uh, with me as always, I'm your host, Joey Powell. But joining me as always, Sean Moran and Sherelle McMillan. And Sean is the one that is violating the title of the podcast this week by not being on the left coast. He's actually in NYC right now. Sean, how are you, bud? Doing well. Uh, just taking a little journey through the through the East Coast before heading, heading on back. Fair enough. Well-traveled man is a well-educated man. Shrill, how you feeling? I guess I'm not very educated then. I've been basically nowhere in the last 15 and a half months. Same. I'm, I'm actually getting <laughs> dumber by the moment, yeah, if, yeah. if you can believe that. Yeah, and and just for it. our listeners who are out there, I want you to know, this is take two of tonight's fabulous episode of the podcast because we are committed to giving you all news as it breaks here. And rather than have uh, news of an offer from North Carolina breaking after we've recorded the episode, as has been the case in two episodes past, we actually caught this one in the middle of the show. So I'll let Sherelle get to that a little bit in a, in a few moments. But first, I want to make sure that all of you who are listening right now, if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening via podcast, whatever you're doing, take a second to subscribe. Make sure you're getting all this content goodness automatically uploaded to whatever platform you have that way you don't even have to think about it it's just there for you you can take it in whenever you want to and also i'm going to ask you to rate us if you wouldn't mind rate review leave a review please that's always good for us but uh definitely rate us let us know what you think we don't want to put out garbage and i uh, want to make sure that if you guys feel like what we're doing is garbage let us know and we'll stop making garbage but we hope that you guys like what we're putting together because sean and sherelle definitely bring the heat every time we we put one of these shows together, so hopefully tonight is living up to the mark that we have set so much in prior episodes. Also, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Man, listen, the spring sports extravaganza that has been going on in Chapel Hill this semester is absolutely in full swing. Granted, it's sad to see that the men's and women's soccer team lost in the Final Four, but hey, two great seasons. Uh, the women's field hockey team brought home a national championship. Aaron Matson is the GOAT. Check her stats if you don't believe me. Uh, that's their third straight national championship. We still got men's and women's lacrosse doing big things in their tournaments, both as number one seeds, men's and women's, men's and women's tennis, excuse me. Also still playing well, highly seeded in those tournaments. I share this with you because if you like any of those teams and want to rep those teams, you need to get – to johnnytshirt.com or stop by and see them on franklin street johnny t-shirt is your spot all of the gear all the name brands all the best pricing you are going to find that you are going to lay your eyes upon hit them up johnny t-shirts fans of inside carolina fans of the university of north carolina and we're fans of theirs we want to make sure that you are spending your money in the right place and premium subscribers from ic know you get that extra 10 percent off the top with all that business out of the way boys Tonight's episode, we are going to recap all of this offer goodness, because as I mentioned, as soon as we wrapped the show two weeks ago, it seemed like the floodgates opened. And, uh, you know, as usual, 
Sherelle, Sean, the entire IC writing staff is all over it. Uh, but we missed being able to talk about it here on the Coast to Coast with you. So, boys, the first thing we're going to do before we talk about uh, any sorts of like recruiting philosophy or meshing together a team, any of that, we're going to go through the list and we're going to bang out all these lists. I'm going to list the offered prospect in the 22 class. I'd like for each of you to give a quick hitter about each one of them. Uh, and just for our listeners, you can go to the Inside Carolina premium message boards, see the recruiting classes up there. The recruiting board is pinned to the top. Check all that out. You can see all of this. You can see uh, Sherelle's information, dossier about the kid, Sean's game breakdown for each one of these players, which are usually some really good insights so you can understand who we're talking about. So, guys, quick hitters. I'll name the prospect. And then Sherelle and Sean, if you would respectively give me some quick feedback for our listeners. Cool. Works for me. All right. Sounds good. First guy on my list, Chris Livingston, one of the top 10 players in the country, 6'6", wing forward out of Akron, Ohio. Sherelle. So he is uh, really one of the top players in the country. And, um, you know, I was a little surprised by the offer um, just because there are no known kind of regional ties to North Carolina um, and to the UNC staff. But he's a player who's, you know, played really, really well um, this spring. Um, tremendous size, uh, pretty good athleticism, is a good shooter. Um, just kind of that, you know, your beast type player. That is Chris <laughs> Livingston. So, um, you know, something Hubert Davis must have liked something he saw. I mean, obviously, he's a top 10 player. Um, and I think, you know, North Carolina has some work to do in his recruitment if it wants to be viable. Sean. 6'6, six, six, 200. Um, you know, started number three, currently ranked number six in the country, but is the best player from Akron since LeBron James. So he's had to live up to, you know, kind of always be mentioned in that, that aura. Um, but yeah, very talented, very aggressive, uh, great ability to get to the rim uh, back when USA, you know, FIBA Americas, the world cups were going on. He played on the U16 team and he was the FIBA Americas MVP. Uh, so early, you know, he's been on the, on the stage uh, from the very beginning. Um, but as Sherell said, a, a very talented guy, but, you know, quite possibly a long shot from a recruitment standpoint. We'll see. Awesome. That. And, and Sean, as you know, I am a sucker, mainly because I'm a knuckle dragger with a very small brain, but I'm a sucker for <laughs> player comps. So any of those you feel like you want to throw out, feel free. And I will say that they're for me so that, uh, so that you're not offended. But if anyone in the audience uh, wants to glom onto those and appreciate those, then uh, they can certainly do so. All right. Next on the list. Jalen Washington, 6'10", power forward out of Gary, Indiana, home of Michael Jackson and the J5. I was going to shout out the J5, but you beat me to it. Sorry, man. Uh, he's, a, he's a kid who's had uh, a lot of injuries through the first three years of high school. Um, he had a shoulder thing, I think, his freshman year, and then he missed either all or most of his sophomore year with a torn ACL. Last year was really about, you know, I think the old adage about it takes a year to fully recover from ACL tear. I think he's kind of showing that to be true um, because he's really starting now to show some of the athleticism he had before. I think he'll never get a hundred percent of it back, but in his mind, and I think in the mind of his coaches, that's not necessarily a bad thing because for the first part of his basketball career, he kind of relied on his athleticism and in, in their minds, he's become much more skilled over the last couple of years. And you're talking about just a, a real long kid who can impact the game, I think offensively. And then I think he could really be really, really good um, defensively blocking shots and being a rim protector. I absolutely love his game. As I told you guys off the air, Sean, what do you think about Jalen Washington? I might go miles Turner. Uh, there you with go one. with a player comp. Love it. 
wanted wanted to make you happy. Uh, seven two wingspan, uh, you know, similar going back a few, well, not a few years, but uh, <laughs> numerous years ago. Miles Turner uh, had some injury concerns, injury issues, uh, but for Washington, you know, he's a he's a he's a face up. You know, six nine, six ten can face up, has a nice compact shot uh, that can you can really hit out to the three point line. Um, and as a guy that currently is ranked just outside of the top 20, but in the top 25. And he could be one of those, you know, what I call kind of gold mines where he's a top guy that, you know, might not be the one and done type player that the, you know, the, the majority of the top players are. So uh, very skilled and will be, will be a fun one to watch uh, going forward. Awesome. All right, next. And I'm going to tell our listeners and our viewers, a lot of, a lot of five letter J names in this class. All right. You got a lot of Jalen's, uh, you got a lot of Jadens. Uh, we're going to have a next one is Jarris Walker, uh, six seven wing forward out of ING Academy in uh, in Florida. Trill. Yeah, so he is an original Roy Williams offer from back in the day. It feels like now. <laughs> um, and I wanted to point out too about the coast to coast. We recorded a podcast on I believe it was April fourth that Sunday night about who might be the UNC head coach, and yeah. it was posted uh, that morning at like. 10 a.m. and by 11 a.m. basically everybody knew that everybody knew it was going to be Hubert. So we've been cursed now going back, you know, almost two months. Um, so yeah, Jarris, he's a, he's a powerful player. I think that's the thing you see the most when when you first mm-hmm. watch him play. Um, you know, I think his his skill has to improve and has to catch up to his physicality. Um, but he's someone who definitely can come in and play, uh, you know, at a high major school and, and play at a at a big time level. He's been at IMG Academy, I think, since he was a freshman. So you know, he's kind of been ready. Um, to play college basketball for for some time so whoever gets them is going to get somebody ready made to come in and be a, a really a, a junkyard dog reading batter type uh, player who can do some other things as well yeah Sean I know you're really high on his ability to finish at the rim what do you think about uh, Jairus Walker yeah I'm going to throw out uh, Stanley Johnson although Stanley uh, was definitely more skilled at, at this point but you know, he was kind of a, a freak of nature in terms of his uh, as and strength in high school um, and then also, maybe a better version in high school uh, than, you know, a Jay Sean Tate, uh, somebody with a rocket who mm. is known for his versatility and really, you know, his ability to, to guard a lot bigger just due to his, uh, his strength, um, as well as uh, smaller due to his, his quickness and athleticism. But um, for Walker, I mean, the, the guy is an absolute physical beast uh, and he can get to the rim, overpower people. I think right now when he, when he shoots it from three, it's almost like a prayer that goes up. Uh, so he really needs to, to work on his outside shot. But from a physical standpoint, he has everything. Um, and, and right now it's just going to be working on that skill to really see his full potential come out. All right, next guy, 6'8", uh, wing forward. I feel like he's got a lot of ball handling skill in it, though. Uh, only mentioning this kid because he's still on UNC's offered list. But uh, Mark Mitchell, Sherelle, Mark Mitchell. Uh, yeah. So, uh, again, another Roy Williams kind of legacy offer, uh, a very versatile player, um, someone who I think could play some four, um, and really could play some three in a pinch in, in college, but I think he wants to eventually be more of a three. Um, I know Eric Bossy has kind of made a comparison to Harrison Barnes, uh, for him in, in the past. So if that kind of gives you a mindset of, of who he is on the basketball court, however, um, you know, <clears throat> he hasn't set up anything with UNC and he's starting to take, uh, official visits, including, uh, one in June to the school down the road. And that usually is a sign that, you know, things aren't trending in a way that's positive for UNC. 
Sean? I'll go with a poor man's Lamar Odom, uh, just in terms of the, the ball handling, size, versatility. And when I say poor man, I mean, that's still a, a compliment, right? Because Lamar yeah. Odom's, a, <laughs> you know, was a very talented NBA NBA player, uh, but he, you know, he's a guy that improved. Uh, he was, I think, just outside of five-star status when when he was offered, and then is now considered a, a five-star, but very versatile. Um, you know, has a has a few counter moves when he gets cut off, and I think needs to improve the athleticism a little bit. But uh, once again, he, he came out with his uh, at least four initial visits and. Usually when somebody's sending a Duke visit uh, without a UNC visit, that, that doesn't uh, bode well for the most part. Sure. And I'm going to take the high road here and not make a, a Kardashian joke since you dropped Lamar Odom as a comp. All right, next. And I told you we had more of these. we got a Jaden Bradley. Again, also a kid from IMG, which, as Cheryl mentioned earlier, if you're playing IMG, you're seeing some good talent not only around you, but in who you're playing. Uh, around the top 15, I think, is where Scout has him. Uh, kid is actually from... Uh, from at or where's he from in North Carolina? He's from Concord. Concord, that's right. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he used to play in your backyard. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm getting him mixed right up here. with uh, Deontay, who's Deontay Green, who we'll talk about later from Asheville. But talk to us about Jaden Bradley. Yeah, so he's uh, kind of a, a true point guard, I would say. Uh, from actually from Rochester, New York, but his parents moved to North Carolina like four years ago, I think. Um, so kind of Concord uh, is his like second home. Uh, you know, another legacy Roy Williams offer who uh, Hubert Davis has reaffirmed. And I really, really think um, that he is someone who could come into a program and just have a positive stabilizing effect. I think uh, North Carolina in particular has had some issues going from point guard to point guard to point guard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully that'll be different with Caleb Love back for his sophomore season. But Bradley, if anything, it's consistent and stable and solid. Um, So that's what you get with him. Um, And he plays for a team CP3 on Nike's EYBL circuit. And they always, you know, are are taught well and and play well. So, I mean, he's he's a player that North Carolina, I think, has a a chance with. And he's looking to possibly set up a, a visit. Um, in June, but they're going to have to fend off, you know, schools like Kentucky and um, potentially Duke and schools like Kansas uh, if they want him. Yeah. And, you know, kid coming from Rochester to Concord, uh, it just says so much about, you know, what's happening there at exit 49 and the Bass Pro Shops and all this. Um, uh, just big shout out to that area. Uh, Sean, what do you want to say about Bradley's game? Uh, hard to follow that one up, but he, he, his biggest strength is in transition. Uh, you know, good size at six, three, um, a good build can get a little, a little bit stronger, but once again, he kind of excels, I'd say free throw line to, to free throw line in terms of, uh, being able to defend, push the ball, uh, has a nice hesitation move. Uh, you know, I'd say right now is an adequate outside shooter. I, I think at, uh, IMG this year, maybe some growing pains early on, uh, but the fact that he was there as a junior, uh, we'll have his senior year there kind of on the national stage. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, can he perform up to really the top 10, 15 ranking that has been uh, put on him uh, really throughout his high school career. Um, and he, he played decent uh, in the Kansas City tournament the other weekend. Um, so, you know, once again, a talented point guard and one of the first offers uh, for UNC and under Roy Williams for this class. Awesome. Moving on next. Uh, out of Sherwood, Arkansas, a 6'4 wing guard uh, who was actually offered at the tail end of, of you know, last calendar year. Uh, Nick Smith, another top 25 kid. Uh, Cheryl, what about Nick Smith? 
Yep. Uh, legacy uh, Roy Williams offer. I think they liked his scoring ability uh, was the main thing uh, in that, you know, they, they talked to, to, with players about the last couple of years, how scoring has just been at times an issue for them. And they want guys who can come in and do that. Um, you know, I, I'll defer to Sean on, on a more full breakdown of his game, but uh, Carolina and Arkansas targets haven't fared well recently. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's a lot of it is because Kentucky's so close and then it's hard to get those kids out of Arkansas as well, because Arkansas, uh, for, for whatever it's worth, Arkansas, I think does a good job within state kids, except for the ones who end up going to Kentucky. So uh, almost all Arkansas kids, it seems like are, go to either Kentucky or Arkansas, but you never know. Well, you get somebody on campus and see what happens. Sean? Yeah, I'd say the one word to describe him is smooth. Um, you know, in, ter in terms of his scoring ability, I think he, he's a natural two guard, but he can, he can handle the ball. So kind of that two slash one, you know, that could morph into a, a one down the road for, for NBA teams. But I think in college, it'll be a scoring um, shooting ability. And he can do that off, off the dribble, which I think is extremely important. So he, he, can, uh, he can create his own shot. But uh, you know, coming from SEC country uh, with how a lot of those schools have been doing uh, with, in recruiting, I'd put my money on an SEC school to, to get him. But he is a guy that, you know, I, I think is, is uh, a little underranked um, and I think is an immensely talented uh, scorer going forward. Man, underranked and in the top 25 says a lot. Uh, hey, look, next one, Derek Lively, another big kid from uh, Belafonte, Pennsylvania, 6'11", true five man, Sherelle. I don't have much on him. I'll be honest. I've, I've watched highlights, but as far as his recruitment, uh, we just haven't, as a staff, we haven't really been able to gain a ton of traction there. I, I know that his offer was originally from Roe Williams and it was reaffirmed by Hebert Davis. And, you know, he's a big who wants to play and pick and roll and pick and pop and wants to do the modern things. So perhaps that's a little bit different now under Hebert Davis, since we know that that's what Davis wants. So maybe he looks at UNC a little bit different. I think under Roe Williams, um, just because of style of play, it was a non-starter. It was an offer they felt like they had to make because he's a talented player. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see, you know, if, if something comes of it with, uh, with Davis. Sean, Derek Lively's game, true five? Uh, true five. I mean, from an AAU perspective, he's playing with, playing with uh, Jalen Duran, uh, who is, I think, top, you know, one, two, three guy and, and is a physical beast himself. Um, so they have a, a very vaunted uh, front court. But in terms of Lively, you know, I, I think when he was offered uh, by Roy Williams, there's definitely a lot of articles and quotes about him, you know, shooting threes and, he definitely does that and can do it, but in some of the games I've watched, he he, def he was in the post uh, a little more than expected. I think for him, he's still coming into his body very, you know, very thin, um, so he can get pushed around, but a lot of length, uh, so he can really protect the rim, um, but still just needs to, you know, he can go up and down a lot without making an impact, uh, but at the same time, you can see with the size, the length, the skill that the potential is there, uh, so you know, for him, he's, he, he's a true five, but, you know, similar to pretty much everybody we're going to talk about is at a four or five, he can, he can step out and shoot it a little bit too. All right. So these next three are, are kids that we've talked about at length on this show. Uh, and all three of them do have confirmed visits set up with North Carolina beginning in June. Uh, first one. And again, we don't need to put a whole lot of bait out about this one, but Isaac Trout. Trout. <laughs> You keep it going. And we got the week. I'm impressed. Uh, yeah. So again, uh, Ford from Nebraska, who has now set up an official visit to UNC at the end of June. Um, 
Uh, and I, I would just say, too, just because a player has set up an official visit for June doesn't necessarily mean that their recruitment is winding down. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, the NCAA changed the rules that you had five junior year official visits and five senior year official visits. So these, as long as they're before August 1st, are considered junior year official visits. Now, we've never seen anyone uh, take all 10. Uh, but, you know, just just because they're taking a June official visit doesn't mean you know, they're getting close to a decision, even though they could be. So I just want to throw that out there. But again, yeah, yeah. A, a, a skilled forward, uh, pretty much what we're seeing from Hubert Davis, skilled forwards, versatility, who can shoot. And Trout can can do all those things. Um, he's also visiting Michigan State and a couple of other schools. Uh, Nebraska is the home state school. We'll get the first crack at it. Um, so, yeah, a, a player that I think UNC had watched for some time, but just never quite pulled the trigger on the offer until – uh, Hubert Davis. He was the first high school offer for Davis as head coach. Sean, Trout's game. Yeah, uh, skilled shooter. You know, six six nine. Uh, he can he can handle the ball a little bit as well. Uh, but very, I think, fundamentally sound. Uh, and, and he's a guy that can score from from all three levels. But he, he, you know, while he can shoot, he does have a smooth shot. He's not afraid. You know, he, he's not going to shy away from catching the ball in the post. So he, he can score from. Uh, a few different few different areas but definitely a guy that can come in can uh, play a few years in college and will we'll definitely with his skill set be able to deliver pretty quickly okay well that's helpful uh, again not really sure what's going to happen with trout it, it remains to be seen um you know who's going to be able to net that player for their program uh next justin taylor 6-6 wing forward out of charlottesville va uh, legacy offer from Roy Williams, uh, really talented, I think, score, uh, very skilled um, and someone who they've compared to Justin Jackson uh, prior to Hubert Davis taking over. I think he's a player Hubert Davis has put a lot of time into, uh, as well as Jeff Lebo. We haven't really mentioned him as an assistant coach as on the recruiting trail yet, but Jeff Lebo is uh, kind of the primary with Justin Taylor. Mm, uh, we've mentioned him on this show. Yeah, he'll officially visit in June, and uh, his, his, he doesn't have a cut list yet. I would expect that soon, um, but it's looking like Syracuse, Indiana, um, Virginia, Carolina, and I believe Virginia Tech as kind of the five, I would say, are, are kind of out in front, um, and we'll kind of see what happens. You know, it would be very hard uh, for UNC to, uh, I think, beat out someone like UVA from uh, someone from Charlottesville uh, yeah. to be out UVA, but you know, there's a chance uh, he's talked very favorably about uh, Hebrew Davis specifically in UNC. Sean, Justin Taylor's game. Uh, great size for winning at six, six. He started the Kansas city weekend off. Uh, so not this weekend, last weekend, um, dropping 30 points for, for team takeover. And I think 12 of those came from the, the free throw line. So he, he had a mix of getting to the rim, getting fouled, uh, scoring at the rim, hitting from three. So I, I really like his game. Uh, and I think he has a good, you know, good mix of athleticism and skill. Uh, and, and he's, you know, he can score from, from all over the court. He's been working on, on really his first step and getting to the basket. But uh, the guy can play. And, you know, once again, coming from Charlottesville, UVA is a, a front runner. But at the same time, you think UVA would have has tried to have locked him in early, uh, mm-hmm. and and the fact that he's still open uh, says that he wanted to pursue others, at least in my in my mind. So um, that doesn't always uh, you know make Tony Bennett happy in, in terms of recruiting. So I think you know get him on campus and see what happens. But I, I really like his game. 
And so last kid that we have, um, before we talk about the brand new hot off the presses offer, uh, is somebody we've talked about at length here uh, from Asheville uh, via the Christ School, uh, Deontay Green, you know, 6'9", traditional power forward. Uh, Sherelle, any notes that we haven't talked about about Deontay? Yeah, he actually, since the last time we talked, he's going to officially visit NC State the week before his UNC visit, and he just added a visit to Tennessee, I think, two weeks after his UNC visit. Um, And those have been, you know, since we've been talking about him, those are kind of been the three schools that Mm -hmm. we thought are are out front. Um, You know, one of his, uh, one of the assistant coaches at Virginia Tech, I believe, left to go to Illinois. Um, So I think Illinois might be trying to talk to him a little bit, but I would be there he's going to either Tennessee, Carolina, or NC State. Um, I can say that with like 99.9% degree of certainty. Uh, it's just a matter of, of which of those schools I think he ultimately picks, but um, I, I don't see him going too far from home. Sean, you still feel like athleticism is the biggest thing that Deontay Green needs to work on? Yeah, in terms of explosiveness, but I, you know, was able to Sherelle see him in person, was able to watch a little bit of his, of his uh, tape from, from last weekend and, it has looked like he's filled out or gotten, or at least he's, you know, playing a little bit, bit stronger, but, you know, he's a guy uh, can, can shoot from the outside, but as we talked about on the podcast in terms of his just explosiveness off the rim, but I thought he was running the floor fairly well. Uh, so I think that was one thing we saw early on, but it was just finishing around the basket. But I think he's, you know, he's been able to improve on that point. Um, but once again, we'll, we'll, we'll need to continue, uh, kind of that upward trajectory. All right. Well, this is what we actually had to shut down the first take of this podcast for, uh, but we'll get into it. Sherelle, I'm going to let you go into it a little bit. And then Sean, if you want to, as always, provide some color about his game and, and what you know, UNC fans can, can expect as they hear more about. Uh, but Will Shaver, uh, confirmed earlier tonight by our own Sherelle McMillan, uh, got an offer from Coach Davis, and I'll let you take it away, Sherelle, talk about Will Shaver a little bit, 6'10", kid out of Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, so I think the first thing is that uh, UNC has had some contact with him prior to um, Hubert Davis becoming head coach. We didn't know that until really about a week ago, um, but they had talked to him a little bit and just said, you know, we want to watch you. We want to see you um, in action. And he's had two big weekend, two big weekends in a row. Um, they played he plays for a team called Pro One on the Under Armour circuit, um, and they were at the Lake Point facility outside of Atlanta. I think it's actually Emerson, Georgia, um, two weeks ago, and he had a really big game with 33 points. I think he hit five threes, just kind of dominated. So that obviously got UNC's attention again, and they watched that. And then he had a tournament in Tennessee this past weekend where he played really well again, and I think that maybe pushed Hubert Davis over the top uh, towards an offer. And they had been talking, him and Hubert Davis had been talking uh, via text over the weekend, and he called tonight, which is Sunday night, uh, and gave him the offer. Again, 6'10 guy. Um, he he has the skills and the things that Hubert Davis wants in his big men, uh, but the other thing is that he recognizes and doesn't forget that he's also 6'10 and that he can play in the paint. So he is a true kind of inside-outside guy, um, and the word we've gotten is just he keeps getting better and better. So I would urge everyone to, again, with the 22-22 class, the rankings right now um, don't mean a whole lot. I think you'll see a, a reconsolidation of them or, or a re-ranking um, over the summer, and I would trust the ones in September after the national guys like Bossy and Travis and Deshaun and Brandon and Jerry have been able to see them. I would trust those a little bit more um, than the ones you see right now because he's listed at, I think, number 147 
um, yeah. which you look at his offer sheet and look how he's playing. Obviously, that's going to be too low. That's um, so I would say just ignore that and just look at the offers and, and how he's played. Um, and they really like him, I think, from what we can gather. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you bringing that out. I think that's, you know, the first thing a lot of folks are going to look at is the fact that, you know, he is, you know, a top 150 recruit as opposed to, you know, the top 20s that Hubert Davis has been offering recently. But y- your point is a great one. Offers from the likes of Alabama, Florida State, uh, Illinois, Iowa, uh, you know, Stanford. I mean, there's Auburn. There's there's quite a few teams on there that, that North Carolina would, would consider to be peers or the standard fan would consider to be, you know, um, strong programs. Sean, you talk to us a little bit about Will Shaver's game. Yeah, well, just to piggyback on that, I, th- I mean, I think anybody outside the top 50 is, is extremely hard to rank uh, right now, uh, just given, you know, the high school seasons, the lack of, you know, summer summer ball last year. So would agree with uh, what both of you guys said. In terms of his game, uh, 6'10", he was able to, you know, get in the gym and lose about 40 pounds, I think, going into his junior year of high school where he helped his uh, team in Alabama win uh, their first and uh, I think the largest class in Alabama, their uh, state championship. Uh, but he's a guy that, you know, is still working, working on the body, uh, but he is pretty long and he can, you know, he can finish. He, he loves a you know, two footed jumper so he can finish uh, powerfully at the rim with that length. Uh, but as, as Cheryl mentioned, he can, he's comfortable stepping outside and, and hitting from three. And, you know, I think just, you know, once again, haven't been able to watch a full game, which I want to do, but in terms of the highlights, you know, you see how he's making the threes and it was just, you know, kind of middle of the net every time, just straight swish, uh, which, which would, you know, kind of showed something in terms of his, uh, his marksman markmanship. Um, but, you know, we'll be interested to see how he progresses, but as Sheryl mentioned, you know, two tournaments in a row, he's been, been playing well at, and if he can continue shooting like he has been mixed with that size, you can see, you know, maybe it's not freshman year, but you can see him, you know, turning into something, you know, sophomore, junior year. And, you know, I, I know you guys both talked about him developing and kind of growing into his game and growing into himself. But if you look at the pictures of the kid, he's got the frame right now. I mean, it, despite his, you know, his 6'9", 6'10", listing now, he's still got the frame that looks as if he could, he could, uh, he could fill out and still be a, a, an absolute beast in the post. As you said, Sean, you know, maybe a sophomore or a junior year. Um, anything else you guys want to say about Will Shaver, newest offer for the UNC Tar Heels in 2022? Just a continued trend uh, by Hubert Davis and all the guys he's looking at, all the players he's looking at. Versatility um, is, a, is a key thing. Shooting ability is a key thing. And then uh, I guess the ability to play with kind of modern concepts, which would be, you know, switching and pick and rolls and pick and pops. Now, all this stuff we we're tired of talking about just because <laughs> it's been such a big deal lately. Um, you know, they all – um, they all have that skill, and I think Shaver is another one. Just versatile, can do kind of things, can play in and out um, if need be. You know, he could be a post, and he could, uh, you know, he could be the five and, and pass out to a four who's a shooter, someone, um, you know, on the team now, someone like Justin McCoy, or he could be kind of the four in function and, you know, throw it into the five, whoever that is in the post. And just having that ability to create space, to create room for the guards is, is going to be huge, I think. Um, <clears throat> so I think as time goes on, we're, we're seeing more of a picture of what Hebrew Davis's teams will look like. I don't think we're seeing 
a complete picture, but I think we're getting pieces. And then uh, we see him making sure that UNC is kind of covered in the 2022 class. I think in the past, uh, the philosophy maybe wasn't um, as quick on the trigger for offers, but I think you've seen this coaching staff say that that's not going to be the case anymore and that they're going to go out the players, even as they recruit you know, guys maybe higher on the board. So I think Ben said it best. What you're seeing is kind of a recruiting board come to shape. You know, we haven't even talked about guys like Tyler Nickel and, and Seth Trimble and Cam Kraft, who we know that Hubert Davis has been in contact with, mm-hmm. um, who don't have offers, but are probably going to be close. So those are, are additional prospects. So I think we just have to get used to um, more offers, you know, whether or not he's going to be like this every class, I don't know. I think UNC was a little behind in 2022 uh, as Roy Williams left and they transitioned to Davis. So it, is it that they were so behind and needed to make a lot of offers to catch up? Or is it this is kind of standard operating procedure moving forward? I think that's a question that has to be answered. It won't be answered until, you know, the kind of 2023 class is signed and, and on campus. And that's a, that's a strong caveat, too, that I think our listeners need to really pay attention to, that you don't know if this is the way it's always going to look. But as Sherelle so eloquently pointed out, they had some catching up to do. You know, uh, Roy was kind of sitting back and waiting to when he could see players again to re-offer them. And then when he decided to retire, you know, this staff has to jump in not only and, and put together a 22 class, but they've also got to decide what they want their philosophy to look like. Sean, I've seen a ton of these guys, as Sherelle has mentioned, shooting seems to be the number one priority. Versatility is probably a, a 1B if there is a such. How do you feel like, you know, a lot of these kids' games, uh, if you could describe them in one or two words, what are you seeing? What trends are you seeing amongst all of the offers that we just went through uh, in the last half hour? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, the key thing outside of outside of Walker is shooting. Um, and once again, that was, you know, an, an early offer. So I, I think we've seen with Shaver uh, four, four players that, um, that Hubert Davis has offered. Um, and, and every one of those has, you know, everyone, when you're looking at the report or looking at the game tape is shooting. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a priority where sometimes, you know, maybe there's been a kind of a three, four, four or five that hasn't had that ability. Um, and maybe there's some athleticism that negates that, but then, you know, <laughs> when you get into the thick of things in ACC, it's uh, much easier to play off those guys. So I think the key word is everybody's been talking about is shooting. That's something we saw with the transfers that, uh, you know, with, with Manic, et cetera. Um, and that's something we're continuing to see right now with these offers. And I think, uh, you know, it'll also be interesting to see once the, the coaches are out, um, you know, how that, you know, are they going to offer a lot of guys? Is it still going to be a select few? Just kind of how the rhythm goes, because you're, you're really talking about, three out of four guys that are in new positions with Hubert being elevated to the, the head coaching position. Sean May wasn't, um, you know, on the road recruiting. And then you have uh, Lebo who has been out of it, you know, in terms of the, the college game for a few years. So they've all had to get acclimated pretty quickly. You can tell they're watching a lot of film and a lot of tape to find the guys that fit how they want to play. Sean, is there one difference you can tell between, you know, these 11 kids we just listed from the 22 class, that you didn't see when Roy Williams was the head coach? Um, I'd say it's too early to tell, well, at least for me to tell, just because so many of them uh, still have the Roy Williams Williams offer. So is it more of a courtesy or or would some of these guys, um, you know, be in that mix? I think, you know, it'll be 
the one thing will be the top, you know, top 10, 15 guys. Uh, how, how are they handled? Uh, right now we see the, the Livingston offer. Um, will that trend continue where there's maybe, you know, one or two guys picked out? Because uh, I know, you know, Roy wasn't, you know, even though the recruiting battles for those guys didn't really go his way, you know, the last X amount of years, he wasn't shy of getting into the mix. Um, and I think right now there is, kind of the surprise offer with Livingston. Uh, but will will that trend continue where UNC is going to be competing against the Duke, Kentucky, uh, some of the SEC schools and the G League for, you know, maybe one of those premier guys down the road? Uh, Sean, when you were going a second ago, you made a great frame that is going to take us into our, our, our next subject before we get out of here tonight. You're talking about the different roles that guys on this staff have you know, with, with an entire new staff, but even the guys that were holdovers have different places within the staff and different places on the bench now. A bit of news that broke uh, last week. Um, Cheryl, I want to kind of touch bo- with both of you guys on this, but Cheryl, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, Brandon Robinson, a recent UNC graduate, uh, has been announced that he's going to be a, a GA for Hubert Davis' staff. And I don't know that we've seen uh, a lot of the official GA role. It's more common in football, but Cheryl, what can we expect from uh, you know, from a, a GA on a basketball staff, or do we even know yet? Yeah, I, I would say it's a little too early to know. I mean, the guesses would be, you know, just helping with administrative stuff in the office, you know, maybe um, cutting up clips uh, of players, kind of getting things ready for um, the coaching staff and not just the bench coaches, but the entire coaching staff to look at, uh, you know, potentially giving their opinion on, on certain things. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure. I know that's kind of what, um, some of the GAs do in, in football. Uh, I think Hubert Davis said, might have said, is he's the first basketball GA they've ever had. Well, that would explain um, why I haven't heard of any. For <laughs> yeah, I, I think right. he said that. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would expect it, it'd be that kind of stuff and just helping him learn uh, more about coaching and, and um, you know, being kind of on the other side of everything. So I, I would guess that's the kind of stuff he'd be doing. Sean, you feel like this is just a continuation of another way to get more shooters on the staff and thus <laughs> hopefully get it to, uh, I guess, matriculate or, you know, go through boss Moses and get onto the current roster. Well, I mean, that, that was something you could, you know, Brandon could definitely do was, was shoot. And I, I was kind of surprised at the news because he was playing in the, the three on tournament during the final four weekend, yeah. uh, just a month or so ago. And I know, you know, really last year it was, it was hard for a lot of guys to get, you know, if they weren't surefire NBA guys to get that next opportunity uh with kind of an abbreviated g league um you know with with lesser amount of g league teams so i thought you know he was probably going to try to do g league or overseas at least for a year uh, just to try to see what happened but um you know i think everything you have read about him uh is is great so i think it'll be fun to have him in the, in the fold and and get him learning learning early so it'll be be interesting to see if this is a trend that continues year over year, or maybe this is a one-time thing for Brandon. Noted. And, and look, um, before we get out of here today, uh, I understand that Shrill has two pennies, so he's kind of ripping off your gimmick. But, hey, look, man, I know you've got something that you told me about that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, you're going to be doing a podcast with somebody that, if there's any listeners or uh, viewers of this that are fans of Last Chance you want to talk about what you got cooking. Sure. Uh, so I've been – doing you know my own podcast for the last few years it's been a little uh, infrequent uh over the last year you know focusing on this one but have coach john mosley coming on 
uh, Tuesday interview uh, with it airing Wednesday. Uh, coach Mosley was the head coach and kind of key figure in Last Chance U uh, that appeared in in I think it was a February March March timeframe. Um, and for anybody that you know anybody that's a basketball fan, uh, definitely recommend Last Chance U. Eight episode series on Netflix. But Coach Mosley was a guy that you know really draws you in with his his style and passion and. Uh, we'll get a chance to, you know, chat with them for 30, 40 minutes uh, this week. So excited for that. And if our listeners want to check that out, which I'm assuming they would, uh, what's the name of the pod that they can search? Yeah, that'll be uh, the Sean, Sean Mo Hoops Hoops pod. Um, I've had a few Carolina guys in the past, but we'll, uh, we'll put a link on the board once it's, uh, once it's done. But excited to talk to Coach Mosley about the experience. Hey, man, I'm, I told you before we started recording, I'm kind of fanning out a little bit because he's – he seems like a really, really good dude. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be intrigued to hear you know, just how that translates and, and what you're able to get out of him because, man, those those kids he had, at least from what we could see after edit from uh, Last Chance U, man, they were they were all about playing for him. And he just – he knew how to connect with them and just a lot about that guy to, to like. So I'm excited to hear about that. So the Sean Mo Hoops podcast, for all of you listening, be sure to check that out. And I'm sure you will see links to it on Inside Carolina after it drops. And now – what you all have been waiting for for a long, <laughs> long, agonizing 90 seconds. Sherelle McMillan has two more things we want to talk about before we get out of here. Sherelle, what's your two pennies? Uh, yeah, it was just kind of piggybacking off of other things that have been said. So on the Brandon Robinson thing, I think we should remember, too, he has a great relationship with Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis was his primary recruiter um, out of high school, and he's talked openly just about how much of an impact that Hubert Davis has had on him. So they have a close relationship. Maybe it's a situation um, where he just wants to be in Davis's orbit to kind of see how he coaches and, and if it's something that he wants to do. Um, and then two, Will Shaver. Um, I think one thing I, I forgot to say was that he is obviously from Alabama. He's been working out with Garrison Brooks over the last, I think, month or so. Um, and those two have developed a pretty good relationship. And even since the offer went out earlier tonight, uh, Brooks has, you know, kind of tweeted, like, I'm, I'm proud of you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I'm sure they've been talking about North Carolina some. I, I don't think there's any hard feelings with Garrison and UNC or anything, but that's just something to note um, that Shaver has a really good relationship with Garrison Brooks. Strong. And as we have been uh, recording this podcast through the miracle of technology, our own Cheryl McMillan has posted a freaking write-up about the offer to Will Shaver from the UNC recruiting staff and just technology continues to, to be undefeated and continues to baffle us all. So, boys, barring any other sense or uh, injections or interjections or interjections or interrogations or anything else that I want to butcher uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to say thank you. I appreciate you guys resetting all of the recruiting news for our listening audience. Talked a little bit about Brandon Robinson joining, talking a little bit about Hubert Davis and what his staff's philosophy might be. Just really appreciate you guys, as always, coming in here with your A game and leaving us all smarter. So with that being said, I want to give major thanks to all of you for listening and watching. Uh, if you're checking us on YouTube or listening to the podcast, wherever. Big thanks to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring uh, big thanks to John Siegley for producing. Man always keeps the things cleaned up and posted for you guys to consume out there. But with that said, for Sean Moran, for Sherelle McMillan, I'm Joey Powell. I'm thankful for all of you out there for listening to us one more time. We will catch you next time on the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsideCarolina.com. Late. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. 
Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.